Welcome to Coffee with Christy. Today uh, we have Savannah King with us. Thank you so much for doing this with us. I'm really excited that you get to be here and I'm really excited to meet you. I've uh, heard a lot about you. We have a mutual friend, Ray, and so thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. So the reason I asked Savannah to be here is because she has a really unique story and uh, it's about her experience with leukemia. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that really attracted me to her was her energy and just her positivity through the entire experience. So I can't wait to share her story in hopes that it helps someone out there going through this mm -hmm. situation and hopefully give them a little bit of light in their journey. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to get to hopefully share my story and hopefully help some people out definitely definitely so the first thing i want to know is how old were you when you found out that you had leukemia i was 18 years old 18. Mm -hmm. were you a senior in high school yes i was actually so i was diagnosed on april 18th of 2017 so like right about to graduate and then i was diagnosed it's like, prom time yeah well Honestly, I wasn't going to go to prom anyway. <laughs> but still, like, that's the time that you should be focusing on prom, focusing on going the fun to things, college, yeah. the fun stuff of mm -hmm. senior year. Not so, okay. So, prior to that, you, how did you know to go get tested? What symptoms or what made you think? First of all, I'm sure that wasn't even on your mind when you went to go get right. tested. Right. So, so what was going on with you prior to you being diagnosed? Well, I was actually already going to the doctor for something completely unrelated, something minor. And I'd gone a couple times and over, what, probably for about a month, I'd been experiencing like all the classic signs of leukemia. You know, my joints were aching really bad all the time you know I'd bend over and I'd get shooting sharp pains in my hip and my knees um I was getting what's called petechiae which is like uh speckled bruising I was getting which is one of the symptoms you see bruising right mm-hmm what else I had oh no appetite nausea um fatigue fatigue oh fatigue was a big one and that one actually i've been working out with ray a little bit beforehand and i went on vacation for about a week and i came back and i was like oh my gosh like i feel awful i like can barely get out of bed i'm so tired and i thought holy crap like one week off of working out with ray and all of a sudden i can't like <laughs> Yeah. I'm out of shape that quick, yeah. seriously. Well, that, um, kind of, that kind of goes through a lot of us who have been off. Now, when you went on vacation, was there a time difference as well? Uh, for example, you went somewhere and it's a three-hour time difference. No, just Arizona. So, oh, so it wasn't even yeah. like it was something drastic. So yeah. you came back, you feel a little mm -hmm. weak. We all feel a little weak after time off, but right. your life is different, right? Yeah. So what made you decide to tell your parents? Because at 17, yeah. Well, so I was in, um, I was in my appointment with my doctor and he left the room and I was with my mom and I was like, I don't know, should I mention these things? I don't know, I don't, I don't want to sound like a big baby. Like, I hate that, I don't want to be a big crybaby, you know? And she's like, well, yeah, you should, you know, we're here, you should mention it. I'm like, oh, no, and I'm kind of arguing more with myself than I am with her. And then, 
Thank God. He really, God just really pushed me to start bringing up some symptoms. And I told the doctor, well, you know, my joints have really been hurting. And he kind of didn't really bat an eye at that. And then I told him, okay, well, you know, I have like all these red dots all over me, which is really weird. And he goes, oh, no biggie. That's just petechiae. Um, a lot of golfers get it. It's actually super common. And I go, well, I don't ever bruise like ever. I do a lot of self, or I used to do a lot of self-defense stuff where I'm getting hit on a lot and I wouldn't bruise for any of that. And I go, that's just really strange. And so he's really pushing. It's just, it's normal because I was hiking recently. And then I told him, okay, well, also my chin has been numb and my lower lip goes numb like randomly on and off. And it's been like that for a few months now. That caught his attention, finally. So we decided to do a blood so you test. Kept telling him this symptoms. Yeah, so the he wasn't. First couple of symptoms, he was just kind of like, eh. eh it's all. It's yeah, you're fine. You're, you're fine. Growing. Yeah, it's just part of being an athlete. Mm -hmm. And you know what I thought actually? It's kind of embarrassing, but I was telling people for that whole month or so that I was experiencing all these things. I just turned 18 in March. And I was telling people, and I was joking, but I totally believed it 100%. I tell people, oh my gosh, old age hit me so hard. Like right when I turned 18, I'm like, I'm aching in the joints. I'm like getting age spots off. I'm tired. Certain parts of, you know, life, 18, that's good. It's just kicked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm done for. This is awful. I to see what happens when you turn 40. Exactly. That's funny. But I get it. I get it. It's like all of a sudden, 18 is kind of a really big transition into adulthood. So there's so many different things that come with it. I can definitely see how you're going, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. Oh my gosh. So had you not kept saying these, these different symptoms that you were having, then he probably just sort of dismissed it. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I'm... I'm still learning, but definitely back then I was never one to really advocate for myself or speak up, you know, and when he said, oh, it's probably just this, I definitely am not the kind of person to tell a doctor, like, no, yeah. you're wrong, but I'm telling you, it was so incredible. The Holy Spirit just really was driving it in me, like, no, you need to say that's not right, yeah, because I went against what the doctor was saying, which was so not me. But something in you kept saying, no, I need to keep sharing yeah, what was, I'm going through. That's was the Holy Spirit. really good. That's mm -hmm. really good. I, I think that right there before, we're not even, what, two minutes in, and you've given great advice already. That oh, yeah. is to definitely, definitely advocate. Yes, absolutely. Yes, no matter who you're speaking to, mm -hmm. right? Because, oh, you awesome. know, people make mistakes. It happens. For sure. We're all human. Right. All Just human. be kind when you're yeah. advocating. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah. So, all right, so what, so he started running tests, blood tests. Did he think it was possibly lupus? Did he think it was something else? Um, um, did he automatically think it was leukemia? No, no, no. Just he, did complete blood count type of thing? Yeah, we ran, I think we ran CVCs and probably CMPs, and mm -hmm. that was so, that was on a Tuesday, the Tuesday after Tell Easter. Tell us what that is. Like, you just said some initials. So like CBC complete. Blood oh, I'm count. sorry. No, yeah, no. complete blood count, and, and then, then just saying for anyone who's listening. Yeah. So CMP is comprehensive metabolic panel um, that runs a bunch of. And that's not a standard test. That is definitely not. CBC is a standard CBC test. CBC is. 
Yes. Do you CMP think is I'll, not? No, I don't think so. Then maybe it's just C, CBC. No, 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 no. no. I could be completely wrong. Okay, maybe I should, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> so let's just say what you have done because okay, I okay. could be completely wrong. I'm not a doctor. Just saying it right Neither now. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't know what's standard. Let's just get We'll just say CBCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. You had blood work done. I did. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, okay so I had some blood work done. The reason I asked and, because if there's someone out there who's getting oh. the same symptoms, if they can ask for that, because I know yes. for myself, I've gone in and they've said CBC, but the other one, you know, I haven't heard of. So I'm just saying, is that a standard test or something? Well, no, I'm not so sure. So definitely look it up, but don't hesitate to ask either. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so, okay. Also, yeah, work. Uh -huh. go ahead. Okay. So I had my blood work done. Now to think back. Um, Thank God I kept so many journals because, like I was telling you before, that is awesome. memory is terrible. But I had my blood work done on a Friday, uh -huh. and then I got my test results on a Tuesday the following week. Oh, backtrack. Sorry. So when I was in this appointment with my doctor, um, he didn't – he was he was not very helpful, honestly. Um, he didn't say what he thought it was. It was really – we did this blood test because I was pushing him so much, and when I said – the thing about the numbness here, he was like, oh, that's that's strange. So we're going to have an MRI done as well. Um, so anyway, we scheduled to have my blood test done, and then I had it done on that Friday of that week, so right mm -hmm. after Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then I got my results on Tuesday the following week. Mm -hmm. um, did I – where were we going with that? I'm sorry. No, no. Like, how did you think, too, we were saying – what were your oh. symptoms? What made you decide to say something? And you said you were having, how long were Everything. you having these symptoms for before you Most spoke to the doctor? Probably for about at least a month. Okay. The okay. numbness thing I know started in early February. Okay. Yeah. You just knew it was different. It was not something that you normally experienced. No. Well, I mean, obviously I'd never yeah. experienced any of that before, but I really... <laughs> I really thought I was just getting old. <laughs> I love that. So, like, I was not about to go to the doctor. Yeah. So, thank God I was already going You're for something right else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I was not about to show up. Because I thought I was just being a big baby. Had you not had that doctor appointment, you probably would have just let it go for more time. Way too long. And the fact that you were in there, mm -hmm. you had the opportunity to say, well, I'm here. Right. So, another lesson is, like, don't let something that's not normal so to speak in your everyday yeah. routine if it's caught your attention then maybe you need to have Go. somebody else mm -hmm. absolutely take a look. so that's really good so thank god yes. right so you know put he thank puts god. you where he wants you to be where absolutely. you need to be and mm -hmm. he had you in a doctor's office already. yes so that's awesome thank god oh my yes. goodness okay because so you run a test you get so you tuesday you get the, this call and did yes. they tell you that day that you had? Wow. Yeah, that was, I I have told you already that my memory is so bad from all the chemotherapy, but that is a day that I will not forget. I remember it so vividly. I said it was yesterday. Yes, exactly. Um, I, so it was a Tuesday, April 18th. And I was, so I was actually going to school, doing a lot of online schooling. So I was kind of out and about already and my mom calls me so I was 18 by this time 
And she calls me, she's like, hey, they got him on the phone with the doctor's office and they have your results, but they won't talk to me because you're, you're 18, 18 years old. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was actually pretty upset. And I don't blame her. I would have been upset too because no. I'm her daughter. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty comical. But anyway. Like, yes. um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're <laughs> overreacting. It's fine. I'm coming. Um, but anyway, so we ended up meeting in the Michael's shopping center mm -hmm. and we call back and I'm like, hi, it's Savannah King, and they go, okay, well, Savannah, we have your test results here, and it shows that you are suspect for acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and my mom and I are both like, what? What? What does what does that mean? Like all like suspect acute lymphoblastic, and I'm thinking like, okay, leukemia is a cancer, yeah, but maybe like those other words kind of cancel out the whole cancer yeah. part of that. The and then suspect hopefully is yeah, positive. Right. But I'd never oh. heard of acute lymphoblastic, any of that. Mm -hmm. So we were just silent for a minute and we were just staring like there's 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 no way. You know, nobody mm -hmm. nobody in my family that we know of has had cancer before. Um so yeah, that's we I was diagnosed over the phone. Wow. And then yeah, and so we tried getting more information from her but she couldn't give us any more information so that's, like that's a heavy load to drop on somebody yeah. and not be able to give you more information right did she at least say i need you to come in right away did she yeah, we we're like what do we no do one. what do we yeah, do no one. um so we asked if we could go in and so obviously we rushed over to the doctors and um that day that 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 minute yeah that's good that's good yeah rushed over and we talked with the doctor and we were, it was it was so awful. We're in this, you know, tiny, tiny little examination room, and I never felt so claustrophobic in my life. Um, we he pulled out this big old stack of papers on me, and he was going through and just talking and talking and talking, and I'm not hearing anything at all. All I remember hearing is that my white blood count was super high, like ridiculously high, and that my platelets were low. I think, I think that's all I really heard. That's all I remember hearing. Yeah. I tuned out everything. That was so, so awful. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you didn't. You didn't. Um, so what, what did he say from there? So he you, said... And, and I... Oh. I can understand. Your, your world was probably spinning. Yeah, And thank completely. God your mom was there to try and soak in whatever she yes. could soak in because I'm sure her world was spinning too. Absolutely. Her baby girl was just diagnosed. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine being in her shoes. Yeah. It has I to be so much worse. Shoes. Right. Yeah. Um, so he told us we need to get to a hospital okay. now. Now. And we're okay. like, okay, who can you refer us to anybody? A hospital, a doctor? What who... day was this? Was, did you just get out of school and like your whole world just it, turns upside down? Well, actually, I should have I should have been doing school because um, it was online schooling. Oh. So it's kind of like whenever I wanted to do it. But thankfully, I was super ahead in my classes. Uh -huh. um, so. So you didn't have school that day. Um, I technically did. Yeah. Yeah, technically. But, I mean, you weren't inside a classroom and then no. I came on. But either way, but you went to you woke up that morning. Just living life as normal. And a little bit later on, your world is just completely turned upside down. You went from, hey, you want to catch, grab a cup of coffee, right. to you need to go to the hospital now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And okay. So, what hospital did he send you to? 
Well, he didn't. He was again what? not helpful. It was it was awful. Um, he was like, well, the only information that I think he gave us was that we needed to see somebody who specializes in blood cancers, and really. Like, all right, cool. Thank you for all the information no that you didn't. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, wow. So anyway, so my mom and I walk out to the park. Well, I'm like speed walking out to the parking lot because I had to get out of there. Um, and I meet my mom at our trucks, and I'm like, okay, well, what do we need to do? And she's like, okay, well, I gotta start researching and find someone for you to go to. I'm like, okay, well. You have to I, get to a hospital now, and doesn't even give you nothing. which hospital to go. To. So, she's going to go like. do, some, <laughs> do some research, and I'm like, okay, well, I told my boss I was going to go work for her, so I was, um, I work with horses, and I had told her that I was going to go help her go work for her that day at the stables, so I was like, I'm going to go do that. So, it's literally, I that day was awful, it was so miserable, probably high, high 90s e easily, horrible heat. I was like, okay, well, I told her I was going to go work, so I'm going to go do that. So I went to work while my mom, while my mom was researching, and I come home, and um, my family, my dad was in complete denial. He was like, you don't have cancer. That's not what's happening. I'm like, no, I do. I, I know I do, 100%. That was, again, just the Holy Spirit telling me, this is real. This is going to happen. Um, so... I went home and I tried to eat something for lunch and they're still trying to scramble to find somebody to send me to. And then I'm like, well, I know I'd never been in the hospital before, but you know, I heard stories and I thought, well, I know when I go, I'm probably not going to get any sleep. I know I'm going to be there for a while. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to try to take a nap, <laughs> which I was never very good at doing before anyway. So I just laid on the couch for a while while they're trying to figure out where to send me. And then, um, I don't know, maybe an hour later. Did we, it really sink in? That it you, still hasn't sunk in. Yeah, I was going to say, you no. just went to go work with the horses. You know, no. you um, decided to take a nap. I mean, it's not that you're in denial because you, you just said, you admitted to your dad, I have cancer. Yeah. I know right. I do. Right. Now we're going to move forward. But it just hadn't sunk in yet. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that's pretty normal. I would, I, think, I would so. think so, you know. It's so huge. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. lot. And especially, you know, I don't even know if age has anything to do with it, if you think about it, because I think for anyone to be told that they have cancer is a really big thing. Right. And so you have to process it on your, your own time. Absolutely. So what hospital did your parents end up taking you to? So I smile because it was such a such a blessing um we ended up going to san antonio regional hospital mm -hmm. in upland and i'm i'm just so thankful to have been sent there truly that is oh my gosh the people that i got to meet there mm -hmm. absolutely incredible there i'm still friends good friends with so many people from there mm -hmm. to this day i spent a lot of time with them this weekend oh, that's actually awesome. yeah it was such a blessing to get Did to be sent there coming here today um, I told a couple of them I'm gonna <laughs> when we finish I'm gonna send to them absolutely that's awesome. yeah that's awesome okay so now did you go to the hospital that evening yes yes all right so when you got there they already knew what to do it was kind of like uh, you felt you were in good hands when you got there um 
I was pretty unsure. Okay. I guess I was, I think I was just unsure of my diagnosis of, you know, what the heck was going right. on, but I was very trusting of them from the yes. get-go. I think um, the good thing, you know, the ER, you're always having to wait for so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to make kind of a mean joke here, but when you have something really serious going on, you don't have to wait that long. <laughs> yeah, that's not a mean joke. I think that's pretty serious, especially yeah. when doctors telling you, you need to get there today. Yeah, That's like now, like yeah. Now, mm-hmm. um, you know that you're already behind. Right, right. So. Because, so the kind of uh, cancer that I have is a, it develops super quickly, which is the acute part of my mm-hmm. diagnosis, which is why I only had the symptoms for about a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, oh shoot, we gotta get working on this girl like now. Okay. Yeah. So you go in, they're doing, running all these tests mm-hmm. on you trying to figure out the great thing is that because you are an ER, the test results come by. Quick, yeah. Very quick. So what did they tell you when you were there? Um, did they have a, uh, no. so, tell me with leukemia, do you have a stage? No. Okay. Yeah, leukemia, because it's a blood cancer, it's already everywhere. All everywhere. Yeah, and I think it's the only cancer that you can get diagnosed with via blood test only, um, but they do have to confirm, so after running more blood tests and again seeing the same results then i would go to have a bone marrow biopsy done which is what really confirms that i do have or did have leukemia and then they test you for um any abnormalities in your cerebral spinal fluid as well because it's super common for it to go to your central nervous system so you get Mm -hmm. spinal taps done um so, yeah, I want to say I got the results from my bone marrow you did, a couple you of days. You did that all that night, pretty much, within like a 24 Within a day or two, hours. yeah. 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 Yeah, so that mm-hmm. explains why you were having weakness in your joints. Right, yeah. Where you're bruising easily. I mean, definitely the bruising since it's a blood um, disease. Yeah, because... So blood with, cancer. Yeah, with leukemia, so... Basically, I'm not a doctor. Um, basically, what happens is my navigator refers to it as your bone marrow as a factory, and its job is to produce all of your blood cells. And mm-hmm. what happens with with leukemia is it stops. It starts overproducing your white blood cells, mm-hmm. and it because it's working so hard to produce all of those cells, it kind of doesn't have the time or space to produce your other cells, like your white blood or your red blood cells, your platelets. So that's why I was low on those cells and so crazy high with my white blood cells. Mm-hmm. It was just making those, and then it was sending out um, immature cells into my bloodstream, which is got why it. they can test for it in that CBC. Got it. Got it. From what I understand, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is your experience. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. From there, you're in the hospital. Did they keep you in the hospital for a long period of time? Did you end up staying in the hospital? How long, how long did you stay in the hospital? So with my my regimen and my cancer, you when you're diagnosed, you're in there and you're not going stay. anywhere. So yeah, so I was in there for a month. They call it your 30-day stay. And I never left my hospital room, like not even to walk around or anything. I thought that was like illegal there because yeah. I'd never done it. Yeah. Um, you but, couldn't even go up and down the hallway. No. So. But because my, you know, your white blood cells yeah. are responsible for your immune system. And they I was so low. Couldn't leave. Couldn't leave Can, the room. Could you have visitors? Sometimes. Okay. Um, there were times where I couldn't have anybody 
what they're looking so you have different types of white blood cells there's five different types and one of them that they're really really watching are called neutrophils and the range no i'm not gonna tell you the range because i'll give you the wrong range um I'm but i'm just curious did you have this i mean you pop do you have this much biology knowledge <laughs> no you definitely <laughs> learn a lot yeah but, but that's um, good because you're learning about your own yes, body. You're it's learning fascinating. About your own system, how mm -hmm. you, how it works, how you to get through from day to day, right. and what you need to do to right. get better. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So take us on that journey. Okay. Now I'm thinking I'm probably gonna say it wrong, but I want to say the range for the neutrophils is like from three to seven ish. Um, but anyway, so I was when I was at literally zero point zero, they're like, okay. You can't have any anybody come in. Okay. Yeah. So you're in. So I was in for my 30-day stay. Um, and there's there's no words to describe how miserable it is. I mean, I struggled for a few years. You know, it's been about three and a half years now. And I still don't know how to describe it because there's... I honestly don't think there's any words in a human language to describe the misery that that is cancer and chemotherapy um the best i was ever able to come up with was you you just don't feel human you just don't which is such a bizarre thought but you're not even you just don't feel human you're not at that level um so i went through lots of infections lots of different treatments and um sicknesses and you can't you know you don't get out of bed and so they give you a pick line which is a it's like an, a long-term IV okay. and it's this line that runs to your heart it's a catheter and they give it to you in a vein here um, so I got that probably the first day so they could start giving me chemo and um, they just started hitting me hard so their goal with the chemo is to basically bring me down as low as they can mm. um, with my white blood cells, as low as they can, and then slowly start building me back up, and then they hit you again with chemo. So it's just this constant battle of like, okay, I almost feel like I can maybe be okay-ish, and, and then they hit you again. And then hits you again. Yeah. And your mom and dad are only able to come and visit you so often. Yeah, they not because they couldn't be there for you, but because well, you needed to be healthy. Thankfully, they were able to be there. They were for that first month. They were there, literally twenty four seven. Pretty much, oh, I had somebody good. there. That's good. But they were sometimes the only people that were allowed to be there. Um, but it's such a blessing we could get them there because I yes. could not have obviously yes. gone through it without them. So. Yeah. What do you think got you through that 30 days? Because, I mean, we're, oh my gosh. some of us are, like, in quarantine right now. And we're, right. You know, going crazy. And we're able to go outside. Mm -hmm. You know, we're able to walk around our houses. We're not stuck in our rooms. Sorry. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I know. We'll switch off. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, and this... Is September and it's also, um, you know, Suicide Prevention Month right. or awareness, right. and that comes from depression. So and there's so many people who are experiencing that just with COVID. Right and here, you are just turned 18, supposed to be like the time of your life with your friends, mm -hmm. finishing up your senior year, and you went from Good Morning 
to guess what? The rest just this is gonna be your new room for the next 30 days and the only people right. you get to see are your mom and dad. So what got you through that? And did you A have a low point? And then did you have a conversation with yourself? Yeah, so I'm excited to share this. Um I had so okay, backtrack a little bit. So before I was diagnosed, I was kind of going through I've always been this like real kind of chipper person. Okay. I think. And before I was diagnosed, I was just really seeing a lot of sadness all around. You know, people in my life just I was seeing them go through hard times and watching the news and all the terrorism and just all these awful things that had been happening and I was just my view of the world was just getting a little more dim by the day and then when I was diagnosed you know I'm in the waiting room and literally I remember watching the news in the waiting room and they have these shootings going on and there's bombings and this and that it was just so devastating to see that and then I'm diagnosed and of course that was just made it worse you know that was hard on me but I was exposed to this whole new world of oh my gosh people are suffering with a very real illness that I had never you know gotten to see um firsthand so then every day things are just getting more and more grim and you know thankfully I did have my parents there and I had some really really good friends that were able to visit when they could and did every chance but um so it was really obviously very discouraging to wake up and just feel like utter crap every day right and so my treatment plan they told me was a two-year treatment plan and I was really only like a week into it and it felt it felt like it already been two years and so I did hit this low point and I was like okay I'm gonna go take a shower and so I go in the shower and finally I'm not I'm not an emotional person I'm not a big crier and I just broke down and I just started crying and I'm like that's what I hit you what yeah how am I gonna get through this it's barely it's really only been a few days and I have two years of this to go through mm-hmm. and I'm like how 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 and then finally I was like I need to pray like I'd been I'd been praying that whole time but I hadn't really been praying for myself or for my diagnosis it just I don't know that it really crossed my mind to do that prior been, to that were you did you have a strong faith prior to so prior to my diagnosis you know I grew up a Christian but you can call yourself a Christian but not really be a Christ follower and so I'd been trying to find something to really establish my faith with with God and in God um and this was it so this was the moment um finally it just hit me I need to pray about this. I've been praying about so many other things, but not really this. And I just really cried out to God and I said, God, how? How how am I going to get through this? You know, I have two whole years of this to go through. Um, how am I going to get through this? And I said, um, please just give me a glimpse of the plan that you have for me. And even then I was doubtful because, you know, I thought, I, I've never heard God talk to me before. You know, people say that, but I'd never experienced that before. Um, and so I waited, and I'm just, I'm crying. And I waited all doubtfully, and then he just gave me the scripture. Um, he gave me Romans 8.28, which is actually, I just got it tattooed here for this moment. Um, and it says that we know that 
God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm. And I didn't, that's, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, I didn't know what I needed to hear in that moment, but God knew. God knows what we need. He knows what you need so much better than what we think we know we need. Right. And he knew that was exactly what I needed to hear. And he told me um, that he was going to use my cancer for good, whether it be for one person, whether it be for my mom or my sister or maybe a few of my friends or a group of people or a whole a whole mess of people that I'll never even get to meet. And I didn't, I, I didn't know. And just knowing that one person would get to benefit from my cancer was more than enough. I mean... I I went from so much anxiety and bawling my eyes out to I stepped out of that shower completely at peace because all of a sudden I knew I could trust God. I knew that he was yes, trustworthy yes. and he was going to use this. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was what really established my faith. Did and, you know that scripture inside and out? No. So that's, that's kind of the crazy part. I know... Recently, you know, I, I was going to church every Sunday, and I think a few weeks before that, they had mentioned that scripture. Okay. Um, so when he gave it to me, it wasn't word for word, but it was no, fairly no. close. You, you knew um, that's where you had to turn. Yeah. Yeah. And when I walked out of that shower, I was like, I need to look up that scripture. So I looked it up right away, and I was like, Romans eight twenty eight, and I read it again and again and again. And that is what really established my faith and awesome. yeah everything that i've been through since then has really got me through it with my faith changed um, your mindset yeah but that's what this is what changed everything for me yeah that is awesome so you step out and you're like i got this no matter what because you don't have it alone right you have it with God. yeah it was yeah. our church um their phrase is god's got this mm-hmm. and i i before that god's got this. yes yeah. And I was always like, oh, God's got this. God's got this with whatever it was that I was going through. Mm-hmm. But with that, it was like, no, God's got this. Like, he's got this and he's going to use this. Yeah. And I can trust that. And I yeah. did. So, yeah. I have those. I have those yeah. bands. Yep. I these didn't even ones. realize that that's what you're wearing. But yeah. yeah. I have some of those. Yeah. <laughs> How funny. How funny. Small world. Small world. Oh, my we God. Keep, we yeah. We talking about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so take me a little bit forward and get through your first 30 days. It's like going through hell and back. Absolutely. And you're not even done because you have your yeah. 30 days. And mm-hmm. so, um, what can you tell someone? Well, first of all, what do they tell you? Do they give you like, all right, this is a timeline you have, or do they give you anything like that? Um, you know, when you, and the reason I ask is when you have other cancers and they tell you, oh, you have stage four, you have, X mm, amount of days right. or you have or like go home and say goodbye or don't mm-hmm. worry you're stage one we can get through this did they give you any type of hope they, I guess that's a question I'm asking did they give you any hope they did so they were pretty optimistic mm-hmm. um when I was diagnosed the I want to say that the um remission rates were around 80 percent mm-hmm. again okay, that's awesome not a doctor but I think it mm-hmm. was around there um but you know, and that was that was encouraging to hear. I know it was certainly very, very encouraging to hear from my family. I know mm-hmm. that gave them a lot of hope. 
but and it gave me some hope too but there was never a moment where I was like where I even considered death or dying or Mm -hmm. any of that it was never that's awesome I knew I guess I knew it was a reality but it was never something that I thought really could happen or you know was an actual possibility Mm -hmm. as strange as that sounds um so they were pretty they were pretty optimistic and they were saying that you know my plan I had a two-year treatment regimen mm-hmm. um I ended up doing three years but three years so after I that 30 days I went straight into remission and they were saying that I would need to have a bone marrow transplant done so we were having a couple people tested had my sisters tested um, they were looking all over the place to find somebody that would match me, mm-hmm. and um, they never, never found anybody. What? And your sisters aren't a match. No. Wow. I think they were close, but not close enough. Okay. Um, never found anybody, so I never had a transplant done. So to this day, you have not had a transplant. No. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what was their? thought process on that since this is what they're telling you you have to have done and yet you know I mean again um, it's like maybe there was a reason that no one yeah right that was like okay well I didn't want to have one done because when I had the consultation for it it was like it's going to be the the doctor I appreciate this definitely do but it was very hard to take um he was very 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 honest with me um, and told me, you know, you're probably not going to be able to have kids now with the treatment that you've been through and that you're going to go through. Um, you, everything that you've just been through, at, when you have the transplant done, it's going to be way worse than that. And I th- was like, worse than what how, I just how, right. right. Um, so everything he was just telling me, it, it was just like, I can't, I can't imagine going through that again times however much worse it's going to be. Um, so I was really dreading it for a long time, but at the same time, it was like, okay, no, I know we had to get this done. Mm-hmm. So then I don't know how much later, um, months and months later, I went to my other doctor mm-hmm. and we're, you know, talking about it. He's like, you know, honestly, you're doing so good. Like, you're doing so good. We don't, we don't think you're going to need you one. Yes. And everybody, you know, I'd heard so many times going through treatment from my doctors, my nurses, whoever was on my case, that they were so amazed at how well I was doing. And they're like, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. And I'm like, thank you, but it's not. It's so not me. It's all mm-hmm. gone. Like, I'm drawing anything that's amazing that you're seeing in me. I'm drawing it from God 100%. Because, you know, before before I was really drawing everything from him you know I hit that breaking point where I was like crap I can't do this Mm -hmm. um but yeah everything going through it it was I was just drawing it from God and that's why I mean certainly I had the most incredible medical team absolutely amazing um but without without God I don't think I would have done as well as I did and I probably would have needed a transplant because he just really you know helped me with my attitude everyone says attitude is Mindset. so key mm-hmm. right and it is um mm-hmm. and he's really what got me through it that's amazing so even though you after your 30 days you went into remission they still had you go how mm-hmm. how did you go from two years to a three-year regimen and it, you know you're in remission so what 
What's the decision to keep going through with chemotherapy and did you do chemo all the way through the three years? Mm -hmm. Wow. So actually, so it's a two-year treatment regimen mm -hmm. um, and that's the plan, but the reason, okay, sorry, remission, sorry. So even though I went to remission, I guess leukemia, it's super common for it to come back. Mm -hmm. So the rest of it was just, from my understanding, was very, it was just to prevent, it was preventative to make sure it doesn't come back. Right. Um, but I went from two years to three years because it's, you know, they're attacking my immune system. Yes. So I was getting sick a lot. And then, so you oh. get sick and then you have to stop treatment. So then you're sick for a while and then you build back up your white count and then you can go through treatment again. And then sometimes if um, you, if your counts get too low, then you can't handle treatments, mm -hmm. then you have to stop again. Got it. So there is just a lot of off and ons. Um, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. So you don't know if you're um, sick because of the chemo or you're sick because of the leukemia? Is that what? Um, it was... A combination of both. Well, I mean, I was sick all the time from the chemo, all the time. Mm -hmm. There's never... That's what. That's why you don't feel human because there's no break. Yes. It's not like... Okay, I'm gonna get hit with this chemo. I'll be sick for a week and then I'm good. So okay. for some, it affects everyone very differently. Right. For me, there was no break like that. It was 24/7. Um, so what was the decision to to stop at three? Like uh, I was done. You, my treatment was done. Was it like okay, we're gonna do 24 more? I'm just saying 24 because I don't know. No. Uh -huh. But like we're gonna have 24 more sessions and then here's the 20 days of 24 sessions done. Is that kind of what it's like? Um, or, and, and then how often, so when was your three year anniversary? When was your three year? I finished like, April 13th of this year. What? Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Crazy. So there's like a five year, oh, yeah. or five day, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So almost exactly three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the chemo, you, yeah, you do, um, it's in cycles or rounds mm -hmm. and I want to say I did 12 yeah, 12 rounds of chemotherapy. Um, so it would be four per year. Got it. So once I hit that 12th round, then I was done. Then you were done. Yeah. So are you cancer-free now? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So with that um, said, any recommendations that you have to people out there who are listening and... What message do you want to share with them? Because you've been through a lot at such a very right. young age. So. Um, there's so much. I don't even know where to. I would say. Okay, well, I guess first of all, definitely this verse. Mm -hmm. Trust this. This is so true. Um, whatever it is that you're going through, cancer or anything, just know that you can trust God and that he is working the good, the bad, the ugly things you don't see. He's working it all together for the good of his people. Um, so trust that, number one. Um, I would definitely, because this is such a big part of who I am, I would definitely try to dive into your faith more. Mm -hmm. um, specific to cancer, advocate for yourself 100%. Mm -hmm. If you think something isn't right, if something seems a little off or you just have questions, ask. Ask, ask, ask. Like, just go for it mm -hmm. um, because, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, you will get doctors or whoever that might be a little cranky when you ask, but 
it's fine. It's their job. Yeah. Like, you have a right to know what's They're going human. on with your body. Yeah. Right. So, ask questions. Um, what else? What else? What else? Anything that you could suggest to them and to families who are going through it? Any recommendations or um, you wish you knew type of thing? Something to make their experience a little bit easier aside from faith because... That definitely is someone else, someone's own journey. Right. I understand. I understand you know? that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I think I think that's the most amazing advice that you can give them because it helps them with their mindset. Right. But that's that was everything to me. But right. for for families and friends, um, just be. I mean, this is you know a common courtesy. Just be respectful and. You know, um, understand that you don't understand. You can, you know, my my family was with me through all of it, but they, I mean, they were by my literally by my bedside day and night. But they understand that they can't. They can't understand no matter how close you are to the person. It's just different. So, I love that. Um, understand that you can't understand and let the the patient just talk it out. Like if they if they yeah. feel like confiding in you, just shut up and listen and yeah and if they don't then leave them alone yeah it's okay um because you don't you know you don't always feel like talking but definitely when they do just be quiet yeah i love that yeah i think this kind of goes with everybody's everyday journey anything yeah but right but i love that understand that you don't understand and that's okay yeah. and that's okay right just be there just yes. tell them, i'm here for you yeah that's it and um if you're if you're with somebody who's going through it, definitely meal train or I know it might be kind of hard right now, but um, offering to take kids to practices or oh for sure whatever things like that are the that biggest family's help. tribe. Yeah, and then yeah. when you are the family, accept help. Yes. That is such a big one that was hard for us to do, but oh my gosh, it makes a world of difference, and it helps the people that are helping want to help. Yes. You know? They're not offering just, just to say it. Right. Actually, because they really want to be there for you. Yeah. When yes. you, honestly, when you accept help, you're helping that person too because they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do something. It helps them feel better too. That's the, That might be their love language is to, yes. to do mm -hmm. an act of kindness. Right. So what, where, you know, we're going to round up a little bit here, but okay. so you've gone through so much, but where has this, our how has this helped you grow? You're how old are you now? Only now 20, 21. 21. Mm -hmm. Just turned 21. Right. So, yeah. So. Um, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, For sure, your faith is faith, so yeah. much more stronger. So yeah. that in itself, walking away with that in itself is enormous. You have a you know, stronger faith. That is, so, I know, I, I keep bringing probably, it. Yeah. Sorry, I keep bringing it back to that, but that is my no. faith is everything to me. That's yeah. that's who I am. Um, but it's definitely it's helped me. The whole cancer experience and growing my faith has helped me to be able to speak up more, which is not something yes. I'm very good at still, but I'm learning. Um, I think overall, it's helped me to just really love people because people mm. love me so much going through it, and I think that's where I've seen most of my herb. I, I know I'm not even the same person that I was before at all, but I think 
what stands out the most in how I've grown is I've just learned to love people. Um, yeah, which again ties into my faith. But you can, yeah. even if you're not a Christ follower, you can love people still. Yeah, it's yeah. I have a couple of quick questions for you. The first one is, when you were diagnosed, did they tell you if this particular cancer only hits a certain age? Or um, they did. They told me that it would. It's typically gonna hit younger kids and then also I think it was adults past 60 or 65 where they would see it be the most common I did have a doctor tell me um, that it was fairly common in 18 year olds but I had another doctor who told me that it wasn't so I don't know maybe I was just lucky <laughs> I, I'm just curious did how often do you have to get tested and did they tell you that this could come back I mean um, it, I guess it's probably always a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do, I get blood tests every month mm -hmm. and then I'll have, I'm going to be having bone marrow biopsies every six months mm -hmm. for two years, which isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Um, beyond that, I don't know. We right. haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. All yeah. right. Cause yeah, you're just, you're just finished up. Yeah. So what earlier you talked about that being your own advocate and you also talked mm -hmm. about journaling being very forgetful when you're yeah. put in a situation like this it's quite stressful so you forget mm -hmm. uh, and you even said when you were sitting or standing in the parking lot and the doctor's talking to you or being inside his office and he's talking to you so much information is just going right. in one ear and out the other mm -hmm. so you mentioned that you started journaling how did you start doing that yeah so actually um my cousin gave me a journal mm -hmm. and i've you know i was like oh thank you thank you but i'm not gonna do that because like that's for like teenage girls and that's just so not me <laughs> you know teenage girl yeah um exactly exactly <laughs> so i really i wasn't that into it at first but then i started okay well i'm having this procedure done you know i'm having my pig line put in i'm having a lumbar puncture i'm having a bone marrow biopsy done like mm -hmm. i have these labs done and i got this chemo and i had an allergic reaction to this medication so i started mm -hmm. writing all these things down because you know um you one you forget and then just being in this stressful situation you forget and there's a lot to keep track of and then you have to be able to tell the doctors you have to be able to tell the nurses hey this is what happened because sometimes there are miscommunications or sometimes things get missed that should have been passed along or even just a change of staff correct right For right exactly even mm -hmm. from if you're day shift there, to night shift exactly mm -hmm. night shift very good absolutely way to say that so when someone comes in you kind of are being your own advocate you're mm -hmm. being so, so important your own doctor because you're telling them hey this just happened let's not do this again or this works right. let's do that again right. i've heard other patients who say that that mm -hmm. you know being your own advocate and knowing your body and i don't so think important. you really learn as much as you do when you become the patient right 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 and i yeah. think that's really important going back to when you said 30 Days 30 days day but uh -huh. even before that the month long you started noticing things and you kind of disregarded it right but then starting to document it and noticing that this mm -hmm. had been going on for some time so mm -hmm. that journaling is actually turning into something else right it is so mm -hmm. that journaling you know it went from just strictly facts to okay like maybe this chemo made me feel this way like uh -huh. you know a, a physical like okay i really felt very nauseous or whatever mm -hmm. Um, and then it moved to, 
okay well so-and-so came and visited me today and they brought me this and that was really kind and um I started you know more and more people started visiting and I started writing down those things and it started getting more and more personal and emotional than just factual and um along the ways people started telling me you should write a book you should write a book and I thought yeah right okay Uh uh-huh like I wouldn't even write my high school essays because I knew I wasn't (laughs) gonna do that well on them sometimes um so anyway so finally I started working on a book and I'm working on it now I took I took a little bit of a break because I knew that I was being called to write with um so many people telling me and then I just really felt called from God obviously and so I started writing and I got a good good chunk of it done and then I just hit a, a point where I was like I feel dry like I can't write anymore and I realized it was because I there's kind of miscommunication here between me and God um he was calling me to write about him and include my story in that to lead people to him but instead what I was doing is I was writing more about myself and including him in my story which is so not Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing here it's not about me yeah so I'm picking it back up now and hopefully I can continue on that is awesome yeah so look for my book one day hopefully soon (laughs) (laughs) now um this situation has also drawn you to another another field right or or another journey I should say Mm -hmm. so where is that taking you now now that you've gone from in in this time you started off in high school and Mm -hmm. now you're in college right and where is it leading you to so now I'm going to be trying to get into the nursing program at my school um I I was telling you earlier that I was kind of not wanting to do nursing mm-hmm. only because I'm so stubborn. And when I was diagnosed, I had so many people, my nurses, my doctors, family, friends, everyone telling me, oh, you're going to be a nurse. You're going to be a nurse. You should be a nurse. And so because of that, I was like, I am not going to be a nurse, you know, <laughs> only because I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I realize that's what God's been calling me to do. What um, kind of nurse are you going to be? An oncology nurse, of course. <laughs> and... The end goal is to be an oncology nurse navigator. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and exactly what is that? So this, okay, so my navigator, when I first when I first met her, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want her job. I, like I wanted her job so bad. And <laughs> She's trying to tell you the steps and you're like, I want your job. <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. That's okay because you know what? You remember that and that's like the start of your now journey. Yeah. You know, this was a little transition. <laughs> it was a tough transition that you went through, mm-hmm. but it was a learning experience. And that beginning right. told you what you're going to do at the end. Yeah. Whether she, you knew it or not. Yes. So So now yeah. I know from watching her, you know, she gets to basically like do patient education. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you're diagnosed, she's the one that comes in and she kind of lays it all out for you. Like, mm-hmm. this is what's happened in your body. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, then come to me. Like... Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so big, big on patient education, and um, honestly, any anything that I was going through, I went to her for it. Yeah, she's incredible, and honestly, I think anyone that knows her wants to be her. She's so <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's that's the goal. I I think that when you can take a situation that you went through and see the light at it, and the fact that you saw it so clearly early on is awesome but the fact that you're not just saying okay that happened to me I experienced that you're right. actually taking it and you're 
extending it to anyone out there that can benefit right. from it, I think is really, really important. I can't wait to read your book because I mean, I know hearing it firsthand, but it's not, it's not like sitting in the room with you and getting into your deep thoughts. So I can't wait to experience that journey that you're writing down, especially through the eyes of God. So that's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And the fact that you're going into nursing after all this, <laughs> you're going to be an amazing nurse. Because number one, when you're the patient, you already know what right. you want, what you need. Absolutely. Um, the best thing that got you through the hard times, and you're going to be able to give that. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I hope you know this that God is really using you in so many avenues. Not only sharing your your story, and thank you for sharing it here, but also as a nurse and in your book. And don't give up. <sighs> so excited! I, I can't wait. So let's see. Three years. You already started the book. So next year, next year, the book will come out. We'll see. We'll Next year, okay. I'll shoot for next year, but <laughs> a little bit of pressure. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of pressure. Spend a little time every single day. But so, just out of curiosity, do you ever go back into the journals and look at them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, I I do sometimes. And you know what amazes me is that, you know, I'll talk to. A lot of people and they'll tell me their stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. And then I'll go to my journal for whatever reason and I'm like, yeah, I went through that. Like, literally, I, I don't know. It just amazes me yeah. how much I went through because going through it, I going through it, I always told people, this is the best worst experience of my life because it. it's so so awful. It's miserable, but it's so good because I got, I just got to see God work through all of it, mm -hmm. and um. I think all of that good, God totally just, you know, I still live through the crappiness. It was very real, but he just covered it with love and made it so that I can't mm -hmm. even remember the crappiness so much as I do all the good that he brought through it. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Do you belong to some type of support group or... No, it's just your, you, I, I like to call it my tribe. These are the people mm -hmm. who I surround myself with, you know, my friends, my family, um, yeah. you know, even people that I work with. So I call them my tribe. So do yeah. you just have a tribe or did you actually go to support group? Well, I definitely, I definitely had a tribe. I had an incredible group of people that, again, just surrounded me with mm -hmm. love, unbelievably, um, an unbelievable amount. But I did try to go to cancer support groups a couple times, and I just really struggled to go. You know, in the beginning, it was like I, I didn't feel like I needed to go. Got it. Um, but then as time went on, people kept asking me, kept pushing me to go. And I was like, okay, oh. I'll go just so you stop asking kind of right. thing. You know, to appease you. And yes. then, yeah. And then I went to a few, and it was really, really, really hard for me to go, not because of not because it was hard for me to share my story, which it was, but yeah. it was hard for me to see other people going through what I knew to be reality. That was something yeah. I just couldn't handle for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I did start trying to go to a couple of different groups, and now I really I haven't been able to go in a long time, which is a bummer. Um, but now I love getting to go because now it's like, I'm on the other side of it, and I can mm -hmm. share that hope with people. Life. Yeah, so now I really, well, I really love to go and learn about people, learn about the cancer, learn about people, and just get to share. It's only going to broaden your horizons. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Make you that much better of a 
navigator. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. I feel really blessed that you're sitting here with me. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. All right, guys. That's a wrap.